0: Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. sonobello.com slash save. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Cote Pounder. I'll try your filet fish There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just 6 bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Welcome to Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecki, bringing together today's leading experts to uncover ever-deepening spiritual truths and the latest scientific developments in support of the evolution of humankind. For more information on Mission Evolution Radio with Gwilda Wiecki, visit www.missionevolution.org. And now, here's the host of Mission Evolution, Miss Gwilda Wiecki.
0: Hello,
3: dear friends. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, where we share innovative thoughts with today's leading scientific and esoteric experts supporting the path to unity and enlightenment. I'm Guilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring evolution, ETs, and the spiritual energy crisis. The possibility of extraterrestrial life is a major human fascination. We've all heard about Roswell, Area 51, UFOs, ET abductions, and visitations from star beings. Yet this fascination is not new. In the ancient Hopi kachina dances, each dancer was reputed to enter a trance and serve as a surrogate to a corresponding star being. Through the surrogate, the star being was able to provide information and energetic transmissions for the tribe. The Lakota and many other native tribes believe they came from the stars. There are also Celtic legends of the Irish having extraterrestrial origins. Rites and ceremonies designed to access star beings, gain spiritual information and energetic transmissions have long been practiced across many cultures. We're now entering into a critical time of human evolution and are deeply in need of spiritual guidance. Do ETs really exist? And if so, can we also access extraterrestrial light or sources to light our way? With us this hour to explore this fascinating topic is Richard Lawrence. Richard is a spiritual teacher, international best-selling author of 12 books, executive secretary of the Aetherius Society for Europe, and a close disciple and friend of yoga master, Dr. George King, who passed over 20 years ago. Richard has made thousands of radio and TV appearances around the world and written hundreds of newspaper and magazine articles. He was a former columnist of the Observer National Newspaper UK and a co-presenter on national radio station LBC. His website? RichardLawrence.co.uk. Richard, thanks so much for
4: joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me, Gwilda.
3: So you're clear over in the UK. This is a bit of a stretch, huh? Yeah,
4: it's good though. It's good. You're and you're in a very significant area.
3: Yeah, as I'm am clear, I.
4: Actually, as am uh, I.
3: I. I'm clear yeah. up on top of a mountain here. It's pretty significant and really? cold. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. oh
4: boy! So
3: you're the executive secretary of the Aetherius Society. What is the Aetherius Society?
4: Actually, we have two executive secretaries. One is me. I'm in, as you know, London. And we have another one in Los Angeles, a very good close friend of mine called Brian Kniep. And uh, the Etherist Society uh, was founded in 1955. Uh, It was founded by Dr. George King, whom you mentioned, founded in England. Uh, He later moved to America. Um, and it was founded because of the transmissions, which you also referred to, the communications he was receiving uh, from beings from other planets, and not only to propagate or teach, spread those teachings, but even more so to carry out the missions they were bequeathing to us, to the world really, for the, anyone who wants to join in with them.
3: So I've got some real questions about, about the ETs and where you're getting the – he and you are getting the information sure. from. Are these actually little green men or is it a, oh, a light, light information or is it a metaphor? What are we dealing with here?
4: You, you, you sound like something from the 50s there if you don't mind me saying little green men. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, uh, well, I, I don't know of any little green men. I'm not saying there aren't any in the universe, but um, the, these are highly advanced spiritual intelligences. And as far as the Aetherius society is concerned, some of the most advanced, uh, elevated beings, I mean, here we are le- leading up to Christmas, the star of Bethlehem was not a star. Clearly, if you believe in the star of Bethlehem, I know some people don't, uh, even within churches don't nowadays. But For thousands of years, people did, and many still do, and it was apparently a star that hovered over a stable. Well, we know it wasn't a star. A star would have destroyed the planet, as a matter of fact, if it had come that close. It was clearly some type of UFO, and the people following it were clearly, we're told, very wise. And this was to herald the birth of an interplanetary being, we believe, Uh, One of several, not too many, but several who've come through the ages. Others would be Sri Krishna, the Lord Buddha, Confucius, and others. So So they're very evolved. The ones who've come to Earth are very evolved.
3: So the interplanetary um, beings, like Christ and Krishna and and so on, Mm -hmm. um, were they born with a genetic predisposition to be able to channel the spiritual information?
4: They were um, incarnated uh, in, for them, an extremely limited, and and I would say, um, I don't know if this is the right word, but painful uh, manner, because they are so evolved. But they agreed, and this is what the Indians, uh, uh, the uh, Asian Indians would call um, an avatar. They agreed to be incarnated uh, through the womb of a woman. Moses is another one example, uh, in order to live here and take karma, as we might call it, for doing so, and thereby live here and spread teachings that, yes, in certain cases were channeled to them, but in certain cases were were built within them, which they knew, which they brought from wherever they came to our world. So they're a translation point. Okay, that's an interesting phrase, yes. um, They... um, stand out i think they have certain characteristics that uh, mark them out uh, certainly the ones i've named and some others i would like to stress one thing that so often these great avatars on our world were male and this is not because they actually necessarily were male intelligences it was because of the backward primitive nature of this planet and it's sexism and so on through history, including within spirituality in many cases, that they required to use physical male bodies to carry out their missions. But in certain cases, and and Jesus would be a notable one, they were very much female too. Um, And this is just the way they, in this limited world they had to operate in those days.
3: Well, you know, Jesus had a counterpart, Mary, and Buddha had a counterpart, Kuan Yin. So was that actually a counterpart of them, or was it a a partner here?
4: Well, I would personally believe that Mary Magdalene, while being a remarkable individual, was not of the same caliber as the Master Jesus, as I would call him. Um, Certainly acted as a, a female partner to some degree in that mission. But was very much from this world so what i was there talking about i mean on on advanced planets they don't um they aren't limited to a sex i mean they can be both sexes combined in one intelligence and the only point i wanted to make there because i think it's it's a shame really that so often one is talking about the great masters through history whether you have my beliefs or any other belief they often tend to be male and uh, I, I think that's the reason, and that's what I wanted to stress, that in fact, they aren't just male. they're often male and female intelligences who've had to use a male body because of this world and the state it was in. So that's well, now humanity. Now're moving,
3: now we're moving into, that's okay. Now we're moving into a more uh, balanced time as we move into the age yeah. of Aquarius, and the male-female balance is coming back. Do, yeah. If we follow this logic, does that mean that maybe we'll start seeing some female masters here in the future?
4: Absolutely, and female masters from this world as well, of which there are already many. And and you know, people talk about sometimes the the great brotherhood, or the ascended brotherhood, and so on. Actually, they aren't necessarily male either. And sometimes they're called the great white brotherhood, and they're, they're very often they're of all races um so yes i think for sure and i and it's actually our belief in the Ethereum society that in the new age and in the future because the mother earth is a female intelligence the planet greater than any avatar even um that the the the, the world actually will be run predominantly by females
3: there's there's an interesting um thought there isn't it because if you go back mm. in some of the native tribes they were matriarchal as well
4: yeah True, that's true. You'd know a lot more about that than I do, but yes, that's good to hear, really. So, who's Dr. George King? Dr. King is a most remarkable person. Um, he came from another world. He didn't uh, like to talk about that or even admit to it too much, um, other than in very private company. And even then, it wasn't really discussed, but it's we know that he was, and now we're saying so freely because we've just... Published his biography, and we don't. It can be disclosed. Um, he was um, born here in Britain. He was an extremely unusual person, even as a child. I mean, there are a number of children who have psychic abilities, and he was one of those. But he was on a quest to find truth. And uh, we had he was about 20, I think, when the Second World War broke out here and people were called up and he he didn't join the fighting services. He actually joined the peace uh, services. He was in the fire services, very dangerous task as well in the Blitz in London. Uh, But he was really seeking out spiritual wisdom. He wasn't satisfied by the teachings he was getting in the religion into which he was raised and brought up which was the Church of England and after the war he turned to yoga philosophy which in 1945 was extremely unusual thing to do in England especially for a man but he didn't just do that Um, he turned to it very very vigorously he practiced advanced forms of yoga by which I mean Kundalini yoga, Raja yoga, Nani yoga if people are familiar with those for say eight hours a day and he would have a job as well and he Mm. did this for 10 years yeah well
3: we're going to have to pick up with yoga and dr george king on the other side of a commercial break but you and i do need to take a little pause richard and i will return shortly so don't you go away you're listening to the mission evolution radio show coming to you on the exxon broadcast network www.xzbn.net we will be back
1: Yeah.
0: Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course.
1: We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com
3: Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. back. This is the Mission Evolution radio show, missionevolution.org. We're dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. Our special guest this hour is Richard Lawrence. His website, richardlawrence.co.uk. Richard, we were just starting to get into something pretty interesting, and that's um, uh, Dr. King and the ancient practice of yoga. Now, my understanding of yoga is it Um, helps a person align their body in such a way that they can receive spiritual information. Am I erroneous there?
4: No, I think that's, that's, well... I don't want to sound patronizing so but I think that's far better than a lot of definitions you'll find uh, because a lot of people nowadays they and it's very much it's popular now let's face it and it's generally perceived as something for toning up the body keeping fit uh, and so on and, and I'm not saying it doesn't do that but you're right there was a spiritual purpose behind it and the real meaning of the word yoga is union with Brahma or God or the divine or with your real self you should you could say which is within us all and uh, that was the goal and uh, of course the the advanced forms of meditation and uh, certain mantra practices and kundalini practices and so on will take you to a very very elevated state matter of fact one thing i've discovered in my studies over the decades is that there are people who think they've arrived at the destination they might call it enlightenment for example when they really haven't I mean I'm not taking away from they might have a great sense of peace and a great sense of well-being and and feel very settled in their life and and living in the present and so on but it's quite a journey and it's a journey and I haven't attained it by the way I'm not saying I have but it's a journey that you certainly know there's no ifs no buts uh, and great powers in one way or another will come to you in the process They should be used only in service, and you may choose not to use them, but they will, I'm sure, actually, from your knowledge of indigenous cultures and so on, you'll know very much about that.
3: There's one concept that I found kind of cross-culturally as well. I've studied under a lot of different indigenous elders. And that's that when we come into this world, okay, from spirit into this world, Mm -hmm. only so much of us, only only so many bandwidths of our frequency can come into this coarse environment and into these physical bodies. Yeah. So is that opening up that Dr. King was doing through yoga, accessing greater um, bandwidths of ourselves and therefore greater bandwidths of all that is?
4: very interesting question actually I must say I think I think that in his case uh, because he came from where I said he came from which was in other words he was already above what we would call enlightenment or samadhi or whatever phrase one wants to use even nirvana uh, in our world he, he came from a place and a state which was even above that I would say That he was and this is me not him saying this he was trying to regain his natural state of consciousness in those years of very very intense practice because it wasn't normal or natural to him uh, to be uh, without it's not the powers by the way that matter Uh, they're just a sort of sign along the way and and they should be used correctly but it's part of the journey towards uh, full uh, enlightenment and, and and oneness with the divine uh, and I would say yes, with other people too. Uh, in fact, I've noticed actually, sometimes people can be come back from as you call it, the world of spirit, I think you called it, be re- reborn here, and they can sort of start off with great... You can see it in certain writers, artists, poets, composers. They start off with great inspiration and flair, and then the longer they stay on this realm... It seems, in certain cases, the more detuned they come. And in some cases, you know, all their greatest works are done in their 20s and 30s. And not always, but it's fairly common in the arts. And I think it's because they became detuned by this very basic realm and what you're calling a fraction of the bandwidth. Uh, But by entering into these sorts of spiritual practices, one can maintain that level of consciousness and even enhance it.
3: So, what you, I want to back up a little bit. You spoke about the place that Dr. King came from. What mm. place is that?
4: Well, he came from another planet, uh, I believe, l- along with some of the other intelligence I've named, and other intelligences. I don't believe he was from this world. It's not something he pushed himself, uh, but I, uh, that's my belief. So, if, if, if somebody didn't even want to believe that, they could certainly, I could describe it as though he was a very enlightened, uh, realized soul, should we say, before he was ever born in that life. And so it was more a question in his case of reclaiming the consciousness he'd already attained before birth.
3: Do you think his going through that process of losing it to become incarnate and then reclaiming it uh, kind of left a energetic trail for, for the rest of us to follow?
4: That's a great point. Yes, I do, actually. I do. It's because one of the points he always wanted to make, and he impressed it upon me in no uncertain terms uh, when I was, uh, as you rightly say, his disciple, his student and his friend, was that he, was a, he believed we could all do what he did and what the great ones do. He wasn't a believer that only a few people have a gift and they're special and other people can't do it. And as a matter of fact, I think he, uh, the impression I get, because I didn't know him when he was until he was in his 50s, but is that he was disappointed, really, by then, already a bit. I mean, he was certainly always a very positive and a person uh, and, and never lost that faith in human potential. But I think he had expected... From the impressions I got, some of the people who were, that he knew, to have progressed more than they did already. And I think if you look at his earlier writings, they, they are much more there's great expectation because of what he could do of what everybody else could do. So that, that was built into him, and yes, you call it a trail for us to follow. I, I would agree with that, and he always had it. And he turned to me one day, we were having a walk, and he said, "There is nothing that I've done that you couldn't do." And I, and I actually, as he said it, uh, I, I found that hard to believe in my mind. I listened to him. I wasn't going to argue with him. And I think he must have picked up my thought because he pointed that to me, although we we're out on a walk by a river, actually. Uh, and he said, and I really believe that. And, mm-hmm. uh, po- and I thought, OK, uh, point made.
3: So it's, it's um, he came to assist in evolutionary process.
4: Yes, indeed. And evolution was absolutely his, the, you know, your title, Mission Evolution, he would absolutely love. That's really him. I mean, he, his whole, I've never encountered a person who was so committed, even in history that I've studied, so committed to their mission as he was. And he felt the whole, the only reason we're here is to evolve. And that's what it's all about. And that's what it's about for humanity. And that's what we need to do, especially in these days.
3: Yeah, these days are particularly important. It seems like we're kind of um, the, the uh, extra ones out there. Uh, there's quite a bit of focus on the Earth at this time. Uh, yeah. I mean, there has been for millennia, but that's, that's a, an eye blink, you know, a blink of the eye in the universal timing. Why yeah. do you think that is? What's going on?
4: Well, there's a great change going on, we believe. And we, our, our key date, Gwilder, in our calendar is July the 8th. And that's because we believe that on July the 8th, 1964, the Earth, the Mother Earth, as I mentioned, and, and if there was one thing that motivated Dr. King above all other things, it was the Mother Earth, even, mm-hmm. even over and above humanity. Um, and we believe that on that date, uh, she received a great cosmic initiation. But there is a tragedy which is, in one way, there's a tragedy, which is that she's not taking, we believe, and never has taken the, the, her dues. She's held herself back. I mean, we could talk about us, all of us being limited on this very worldly plane with the terrible things that happen in this physical realm that we're in, um, but it's nothing compared to the limitation she suffers and is willing to suffer and is willing to sacrifice for all of us and she's holding back her light essentially and this is a a, a tragic thing
3: uh, this I've seen, I mean, there's scientific evidence that we're entering into an area of the galaxy that has a lot more luminosity. And that right. luminosity is being fed to the sun and through the sun's electromagnetic field, being fed to the core of the earth. And then that's being right. fed back to the surface, and we're not coming along on that ride. What's going to happen there?
4: That's fascinating. That's very interesting what you said there. Thank you for that. And uh, I, well, I would say what we believe is there will come a, an end, that there, there will come a time. And actually, if you look at some of the prophecies, I mean, just to name one you would know far better than me and correct me if I'm wrong but I seem to have read that the Hopi Indians believe in in a great change and the coming from the sky of a being called Patana would you know that
3: yes yes I've absolutely okay I've that. got mm-hmm. that right
4: okay mm-hmm. and you'll find that kind of belief in numerous traditions I mean obviously the Mayans there's like the combination of prophecy of total disaster and you've got the biblical prophecies you've got the book of revelations you've got ain't you know indian warnings of the the kali yuga and and all of, all the various traditions all seem to uh combine and even the ancient greek traditions from hesiod and so forth on two salient points one dire catastrophe on our world And two, a great period of light following it. And some have predicted the end of the world, of course, and some would even say Nostradamus predicted the end of the world. Um, Our belief is that we'll only be allowed to carry on for so long because we, the human race, are actually, although we don't seem to think so, less important than the planet, if it comes down to it. And this is my slight disappointment with most ecologists that I hear, I think it's great. Some of the things they're doing, some of them, but they will always tend to say when I hear what they're saying, "This is we've got to think of our children and our grandchildren and and our future." They're talking about for the benefit of humanity. Very rarely will you hear them talk about for the benefit of the Earth as a living intelligence. Exactly. That's the. You know. Huge, that's the. Sorry.
3: Huge loss. We're going to have to pick up with that on the other side of a quick pause. Right. Richard and I will return to our discussion shortly so you stay right there. This is Mission Evolution Radio Show. We're coming to you on the X Zone Broadcast Network www.xzbn.net. On the other side we'll pick up with Doom Gloom or Salvation. Don't go away.
2: Psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much
1: more. With over 20... 20- Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules roles for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message data rates may apply. Reply. Stop. Stop. Stop.
2: or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next, we meet here in the x from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember, x Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.
3: back this is the mission evolution radio show missionevolution.org bringing leading edge information supporting the path to enlightenment we're speaking with executive secretary of the Ethereum society for europe richard lawrence his website richard lawrence.co.uk richard we were starting to get into some pretty interesting uh things and it can sound like doom and gloom and i personally have read all sorts of different prophecies as you know Comparative mythology doesn't show um, a very happy ending here. However, I like the idea that on the other side of this, there's a a time of enlightenment, and that seems to be pretty consistent across cultures as well. What does that time of enlightenment hold for
4: us? Well, there there is one thing I'd like to just throw in, if I may, just before that, which is I don't want to be a gloom and doom monger because the main focus and purpose actually because you asked me earlier what the cosmic uh, intelligences were communicating and so on through Dr King our main reason for being is to actually work to reduce the impact of these disasters and actually we believe that not only us but we feel we believe we're an essential cog in the plan Uh, we have been able to do that. And Dr. King especially has been able to do that and that it would have been far, far worse than it is now. Moving forward to this age of enlightenment or some people call it heaven on earth or whatever it's called. In biblical terms, there is great reference to the sorting of the wheat from the chaff. And even I found in some metaphysical circles, there hasn't been a really good answer to what happens to the chaff you know and one of the things and it came to me actually very strongly i did a pilgrimage earlier this year to a holy place in cornwall and some words came to me i'm not saying it was any kind of message or a communication from anywhere in particular but some words settled in my mind which were and the chaff shall become as wheat and so you might say that our aim is not to sort of have a sorting where some people even a few in number just become enlightened and goodness knows what happens to the rest. Our idea is to try and spread enlightenment, try and spread evolution, if you like, as widely as possible, so that when this final moment comes, when humanity can no longer hold back the Mother Earth, because it's decreed that she must move forward in her evolution, then as many people as possible are ready. And and our main way or methodology if you like of bringing this about is sending out as much spiritual energy as possible to the world because that raises consciousness by all those who accept it and this brings i mean enlightenment is not an intellectual state alone you, you certainly you you're, you know you'll become far more uh, logical and uh, and uh, focused and and various qualities will emerge great concentration as well as psychic powers and so forth but enlightenment itself is a state of being it's a state of vibration it's a state of energy and this state of energy is what the world needs so it's a mission of enlightenment
3: so let me see if I've got this right you're Hmm. saying that there's certain currents that are predestined but within that the future is uh, subjective
4: it can be changed. As a matter of fact, even in the personal, if you like, psychic level, which at one time I did a lot of myself, um, there is no point to it at all if you can't change it. I mean, the only purpose of astrology or any of these disciplines is to see your destinies if you can actually do something about it. Otherwise, it would just be a fatalistic exercise. And so it is globally. And we you know we are part of everything that we do and we're not alone as i said earlier but everything that we do in the Ethereum society is on behalf of the world as a whole the more we cooperate with the mother earth the more we love the mother earth and send the energy of love to the mother earth it's not so much that she actually needs it it's it's a, a karmic necessity if you like that we have an outpouring of energy to our world and then, I don't know if I'm actually answering your question here, but then that will bring, tend to bring a rise in consciousness, which is a step towards enlightenment. As did I, did us, I answer your question? I think, I think you
3: did a good job of oh, it. You know, so the, oh, the way I would look at it is we're, we're all, there's this great big wave in the ocean, and right. we're all surfing it in our own way, and we have choices on how to surf it.
4: Yes, true. Yeah, if if
3: more of us move towards this enlightenment piece, and let's face it, we're being bombarded with negative information and energy through, you know, the media and the games and the violence and, you know, all this hype and hysteria that we get on Facebook and every place else. So how are we going to counteract that?
4: Yeah, and by the way, I came up with something similar to your surfing analogy, which is, as a writer, I came up with a thing, uh, your destiny is written, but you are the editor. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. But what are we going to do to counteract it? Well, again, it's sending out in numerous ways as much spiritual energy. I mean, the key teaching in the Ethereum society, and uh, this is really our whole reason for existence, is service. And there are numerous ways of serving. And there are some wonderful ways of serving in, if you like to say, material ways, through charities and through uh, relief efforts and, you know, as we've had in New Zealand recently, from from volcanoes, from earthquakes, from poverty. All these things are essential. But in the end, the thing that's going to really make the big difference is spiritual energy. In fact, spiritual energy will even inspire people to make these efforts. And also there's a massive deficit on the spiritual energy front. Not so many people are working in that area very, very actively. Uh, And so that's really where we put our focus. And that's the thing that's going to bring the change.
3: So is spiritual energy more unified and um, our planet at this point pretty uh, polarized? And so the, the unified energy starts to bring out the better in people?
4: it does and it's it's sent out into the what you might call the mind belt into the ethers if you like uh, through uh, uh, various methods prayer being one mantra being another uh, various rituals of, of various kinds which are for the betterment of all which aren't trying to control anybody at all, but are sending out love. So if you have a, a war situation, uh, you you and some people will pray for a certain outcome, which they believe is in the best interest of the area, but that is trying to condition or control the minds or the actions or the behavior of people in the area. That's not sending out spiritual energy. It, in That's, fact, Cindy, it's, yes. That's agenda, isn't it? Well and it's done a lot. I mean over here especially we know we had all sorts of troubles in Ireland and you'd have people of the different religions Catholic or Protestant putting out you know opposite prayers for opposite results and it's a kind of a magic but it's not of itself a pure magic. When you send out spiritual energy and in our case we're very very fortunate because we have a way even after Dr King's passing of cooperating directly with people from other worlds in doing this uh, then you it's sent out for them to accept or not accept. It, it's, it's not programmed with any specific dogma or determination of their behavior. It's pure love energy.
3: Then, which brings us back to, you said that Dr. King had powers. What were
4: these powers? Well, in the period that we were discussing, which was following the Second World War uh, in the period of the 1940s and early 50s, uh, he had uh, abilities which are fairly common, such as, you know, mediumship abilities, healing abilities, clairvoyant abilities or psychic perception abilities. Also ones that aren't so common, he uh, learnt at will, and this I think is extremely difficult thing to do at will, to astrally project he physically levitated as well. That means the physical body. And uh, I know his, his niece, actually, and she actually witnessed him doing this in her grandmother's house. And uh, he, he did this more than once. He had even the power at one point of invisibility. Uh, he dealt in, um, this is something possibly familiar to you, certain divic rituals to do with weather and improving weather so he had those sorts of powers but they weren't his goal his goal was purely the pursuit of truth that's what he was working towards but it did mean that he he could raise the kundalini gained great physical strength for example when he did this and demonstrated this uh, and then he found out but the reason of all this was done was so that in 1954, when he was contacted by the master Etherius, after whom we are named, he was able to be a medium for that intelligence. And me- mediumship is something that I find absolutely fascinating. But in a nutshell, the higher you're able to raise your consciousness, the higher the intelligence who can communicate through you. So that's a power of a kind.
3: So is it... <laughs> but isn't it due you know subject to translation so you're getting this information but then it has to come into human language and isn't a lot lost there
4: very good point i mean i I've, I've done a lot of mediumship myself at a much more basic level and one of the things that i didn't use the methods his methods are far more advanced than anything that i do mine are more telepathic uh and uh, developed over the decades and and i have psychic perceptions as well to confirm that they all the authenticity of what i'm getting uh but i had a, i went through a period where i was getting a number of poets and writers it was quite interesting I actually wrote a book called god's guides and guardian angels and some of the poems are in there and sometimes when you're getting something very quickly like that uh you have to um, you know you can't think much about it you're right in fact if you do start thinking about it you'll lose the focus because you're not there to bring in your own thoughts you, in fact you've got to put your thoughts aside and just focus on what you're getting what I found after I'd written this down and I, I hand it it was was a poem that rhymed that was in iambic tetrameters which I'd never heard of was written by two 16th century sorry 17th century poets I'd never heard of and used language from the 17th century, so I couldn't argue with that. That's one type of thing where the actual words had to be given to me. I think that's why they did it as a sort of exercise, really, uh, because, well, you know, it won't rhyme and it won't have the same rhythm. Now, that's, we're going
3: we're to have to go more into this again on the other side uh, of a commercial sure. break. Okay. Richard and I will be back shortly, so don't leave us now. This is the Mission Evolution Radio Show on the Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzvn.net.
0: Do you have a powerful message that must be shared but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hyde can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit iconquality.com.
3: This is Mission Evolution Radio Show, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. To suggest a topic or a guest, email us at info at org. And speaking of gifted people of service to the world, our guest this hour is Richard Lawrence. His website, richardlawrence.co.uk. So, Richard, at this point, I'm sure my listeners, <laughs> our <laughs> listeners are going, okay, so how do we do this? Uh, so <laughs> so, so well, where does the person get started?
4: Well, the only way I, reason I mention what I do at all is to illustrate that, 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 you know, I have experience at that level, and I met dozens, and if not hundreds of mediums, and you know some are, I think, more accurate than others. Uh, I find it very difficult to do. Uh, I find I have to concentrate and work very hard. People who say it's easy, I don't trust them in the terms that I'll be that sounds dogmatic but I don't think it is not to do properly but all of that and that's the kind of mediumship I think you'll find from other people on the whole too, in one way or another is way below the type of method used by Dr King that's the only reason I really mentioned it in his case He would, because of this ten years of intensive yoga training for eight hours a day, something I haven't come across, even claimed, by anybody in the West who was doing a job, Uh, actually anyone in the East who was doing a job for that matter, I, I don't know, I'm not saying there aren't any, But he did this and he sort of didn't do the things that most people would be doing in their 30s and 20s. This is what he did. And as a result, he could raise the force of Kundalini, if listeners are familiar with that, into a high psychic center. So when he, and I'm taking up your question about translation, when he received a communication, say, from the Master Etherius, who came from Venus, or from another intelligence, from another world, even the Master Jesus himself, the wonderful practice, the Twelve Blessings, Can't think of anything better at Christmas time than the Twelve Blessings. When he received this, he, and in fact, may I just quickly say we have a website, 12blessings.org. People can join in with us on that site. Now, when he did this, he was receiving a beam of pure thought onto a psychic centre. It wasn't words like I was describing there. It wasn't a particular message in a particular language. It was a pure thought transmission from an extraterrestrial being. This then got translated through his brain and spoken by his voice, his larynx, whatever it may be, and, and then recorded, tape recorded. And that's the end result, so that the language that came out was a translation really through his brain of the different emanations in pure vibration from extraterrestrial beings. The voices are completely recognizable. You can hear them a recording from 1956 or something, then a recording, say, from 1979, and it's exactly the same voice with the same intelligence.
3: So he was actually channeling the the uh, extraterrestrial and recording he, he that. Was.
4: And he so his, his
3: his personal voice would change accordingly?
4: It would, but what I really was trying to stress there was that he was using a method of trance, and I know it's getting a bit esoteric and a bit technical, which I don't think is used by people, even mediums, not the ones I've met, uh, even when they're in trance. They haven't, I don't think they would know where the Kundalini was. And that doesn't take away from them. I'm not criticising them for that. But it's all I'm trying to say. It's a different state of being than the one he had to employ to, to, to bring through. And I think this is important, Gwilda, because you will get people who say, come on my weekend workshop, and by the end of it, you can channel St. Germain, uh, you know, Mother Mary, almost whoever you choose. And I'm afraid, I, I don't think that's possible, for the average person, uh, yeah, because you, you know you have to be capable. It, it's rapport. So to be in rapport, you have to be at the level of during the transmission, the transmitter.
3: So it, it's it's an inside job. In other words, the light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. So these people might be getting some esoteric information, but then it's subject to uh, pollution and um, because the, the the channel itself is not as clear. I mean, clearly, Doctor King put in his his dues to get to the point that he could be a more clear channel.
0: Yeah, for right.
3: those of us that. Um, are trying to uh, participate in the solution rather than being part of the problem. And yet yeah. we want to be able to bring this through. How, how can we do this? How can we find a way so that we have checks and balances within our limited uh, being? We obviously yeah. aren't necessarily
4: enlightened when we come. What, what can we best do to serve here? Well, I think what we can best do to serve, because although I do, as I say, uh, channel myself, it's not something that i recommend everybody does strangely enough i mean i'm not saying they shouldn't i've done i do it myself but it's not essential i don't think i think probably better and more useful uh for most people would be healing would be prayer would be mantra radiation uh would be you know a variety of 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 transmission of energy methodology Uh, which everyone can do, everyone can learn. I mean, the Twelve Blessings, the practice of the Twelve Blessings, I would recommend above all others. Uh, That's something everyone can do. I do it myself. We do it all the time here, regularly here. We do it online. And that, I think, is the best thing. If somebody wants, though, for some reason to take up mediumship, and they're welcome if they want to, to contact me through the website you mentioned, I'm happy to help. I'd be very careful, though, because there are many things that can go wrong. I, ha- I must say that from personal experience. And you've got to have real control over your mind, real control over your imagination, or you can get a mixture. And I've, I've been on the radio with mediums who get a mixture. And so and, and that's quite dangerous because some of it's really good, And because it's really good people believe them and then they make um, the odd mistake the mistake can be misleading and it's believed in because of what you know it's what's good and so you've got to I wouldn't do it unless you can really hone it down that's why I say for me I work very very hard and concentrate and, uh, and have to focus to make sure that it's accurate
3: there's a lot of spiritual misinformation out there. I mean, we're yeah. kind of like
4: one big modern
3: New Age mess where yeah. people, like you say, have gone out half-cocked, had a weekend yep. workshop and declare themselves as authorities. How can mm. we tell the difference between someone that has, is sharing reliable information and the self-appointed um, authorities?
4: Well, the great news is that within us all is something above channeling, something above psychic ability, and that's our own inner self. I mean, if I may, I'll I'll read um, the last few lines of my book because it sums it all. That's God's Guides and Guardian Angels, which I wrote with Mark Bennett. Whether you channel or not, you can still benefit from the wisdom, teaching, and inspiration brought by some of those who do. And you can develop your own psychic and spiritual abilities, perhaps in even more useful ways, and apply them in service to others, knowing that you'll be cooperating with higher forces. And as you do so, please remember that there's something even more precious than any powers or abilities you may develop along the way. It is silent. It is still. It is the voice within. And so I think the answer to your question uh, is that you discriminate. You, you, you look at the claims that people are making and look at the people who are making them and what they are doing and what their track record is. But you judge on the content of the teachings. And that's one thing Dr. King said about his own communications in a television interview. He said, you know, uh, either it's what I say it is, which is contacts with beings from other worlds, or... It's coming from, I think he said, my puny little mind. But he said, if it is coming from my puny little mind, I must be pretty special. He's not saying that he is. In the end, you judge by the 12 blessings or the nine freedoms and with any other channeler. What's their message? What are they doing? What difference is it making? And that's how I would judge. I wouldn't expect anyone to take my word for anything I say. Have a look at the teachings that we offer and form your own conclusions. And that's the way you'll find the truth. So
3: would you remind our listeners how they can find the 12 blessings?
4: So they can find the 12 blessings, as I mentioned, at 12blessings.org, one, two blessings. Also our website, that's the Aetherius Society, is aetherius.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And we've just written the biography of Dr. George King. But that's Brian Kniep and myself. And that's called The King Who Came to Earth. Hmm.
3: So how can the information from extraterrestrials impact the spiritual energy crisis that we touched in on?
4: Very much so, because as far as Dr King is concerned, that was the only real crisis on earth. And if you think about it, you've got, say, a war uh, and you want to bring peace and politicians negotiate. I mean, there's there's been negotiations of one kind or another going on in parts of the Middle East for over 3,000 years. There's been dispute over land, the so-called promised land or whatever else. And in the end, what's going to change that situation, as with every other situation, including poverty? When you get to the point where people who are extremely wealthy don't want to see poverty, they'd rather remove poverty than buy a jet. To get there, you have to have a a change of consciousness. I'm afraid a peace treaty may not last. I'm afraid financial aid, great as it is, may not last. May be siphoned off to the wrong parties. Still give it, but it's it's not a, a lasting solution. The lasting solution is spiritual energy sent out through prayer, sent out through mantra, sent out through cooperating with higher beings, and that can bring lasting change.
3: Well, Richard, that's a beautiful, beautiful message, and thank you so much for all your service in the world. Unfortunately, as always, time has flown, and now we're out of it. Thanks well, so much thank for coming you on the
4: show. so much.
3: It's been a real pleasure working with you. Our guest this hour has been Richard Lawrence. Richard is a spiritual teacher, international best-selling author of 12 books, and executive secretary of the Aetherius Society for Europe. His website, richardlawrence.co.uk. For our amazing episode collection, visit our website, www.missionevolution.org. This has been Mission Evolution Radio Show with Gwilda Wiecka on the Exone Broadcast Network, www.xedbn.net. Join us next time as this mission continues, bringing information, resources, and support to an evolving world.